Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Samantha Harris. Hey, Samantha, how are you today? Terrific, Corey. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So Samantha is an Emmy-winning TV host, author, and cancer survivor, most importantly, last but not least. So Samantha, um, I'm super excited to hear uh, your journey. Um, You've got a super interesting career, one, and two, I don't think I've talked to an Emmy winner yet on my show. So <laughs> that's I am super honored. cool. <laughs> I'm honored to be the first. There, there. Yes, yes. I am. You must have much deference for the Emmy winner. Yes, indeed. No, no. <laughs> it, it, you know what? I have to tell you, it, it was really, really pretty special because I, I was nominated for four different Emmys, two being part of Entertainment Tonight, two for being uh, the host of, of Dancing with the Stars. Um, you know, I covered the Emmy red carpet from the reporter side of it for many, 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 many years. Um, and, and it was just really thrilling. I won that one. I won for entertainment tonight. Um, but being able to, you know, just when you work so hard, you know, I went to journalism school at Northwestern. I started working at my high school TV station, learning how to edit and read off a teleprompter. And, you know, I, I, you work so hard for so long. And so does the gold statuette, mean anything no it's cool in my you know on the shelf in my living room but um but there's still something that's really nice to say hey you know we acknowledge you for your work and so that that's why it's pretty special i would say it's extremely special so that i mean samantha that is so i mean that's super that's so cool you met like i guess uh, everybody practically Mm -hmm. that is anybody I mean, my God, I can't even imagine, like, just paint me a picture of what it was like the first time you hosted. Did you host the Emmys? Is that what you said? Um, I hosted the, um, well, no, so I hosted Dancing with the Stars for eight seasons, and I hosted, I worked the red carpet as a reporter. Well, I hosted the the official Oscar pre-show with Regis Philbin. Uh, and I also covered many, many Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, uh, Golden Globes, SAG Awards, you know, you name it, whatever the red carpet is. I, I you know, for probably at least 10 to 12 uh, years of those. So, um, it's, you know, it, and then my, my career has been interviewing celebrities. I mean, that's where I, you know, where I really, um, got my my start and made my bread and butter. So, uh, so yeah, I, it's a, it's been an interesting, um, mix of being able to meet lots of different personalities and, and have a fun time. Well, so tell me this, what was, so when the first time that you found out that you were going to be, uh, a part of the red carpet, whatever the case may be, or your bigger, or your 
first, your first huge event, whatever it was, what was that like when you found out? Uh, really cool. I remember actually it was for E, uh, for E Entertainment Network. They, uh, especially when I was working with them uh, back many years ago, they used to do extensive live coverage all day long for the Emmys, the Oscars, and the Golden Globes. I mean, I think for the Golden Globes, we did 10 hours of live coverage. But the Emmys was the first live pre-show coverage that I did. So I remember I only got to be uh, on the uh, uh, on the show doing the coverage for, I think it was like t- a two-hour window. And we were up sort of in a, on a stanchion, sort of up high, like almost like a bridge overlooking the red carpet. And it was before the red carpet was going to be starting. It was actually before the, it was like the pre-show before the pre-show before the pre-show. So I was there in my gown and in my fancy makeup. And I was looking at the red carpet and seeing all the commotion of final preparations as we were talking about all the nominees and what to look forward to and what we, you know, the picks and who we thought was snubbed and all of that. Um, And then my time was up and other hosts came in in my chair and I had to get going because my time was, you know, they gave me a two hour window. And I remember being so disappointed because I was having so much fun and I just wanted to continue doing that live coverage. And I think it was one of the first live shows that I, that I hosted and it was just thrilling. And it wasn't even that I was bummed that I was leaving before the red carpet started to see the celebrities. It was really just the fun of hosting a live show. You know, I will say, so as you were, you know, as you were just painting that picture, which by the way, great job. Um, you know, I, un- I do kind of understand what you mean. And I say that because I've interviewed some I mean, just like yourself, I've interviewed some unreal people and I could sit and talk to some of these people, some of the people that I interview, you know, honestly, I think I, I, I literally sometimes could have sat and talked for two hours and this is a podcast and no wonder people don't listen to it because I sit and I'm just, <laughs> I, I have such great conversations with everybody that I've spoken to, excluding just one person. And I, of course, I'm not going to say who that is, but his podcast will not come out. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was unbelievable. But anyway, it's, I understand what you mean by you were having so much fun. It had nothing to do with the celebrities. It had nothing to do with the red carpet. It had to do with you were in your zone. Right, right, exactly. Okay, exactly. That's it. That's fantastic. Um, so, all right, well, take us through your, you know, your story, because I, you know, I don't know your whole story. And so, uh, before college, tell, take us through, you know, how was your childhood? Where did you grow up? And then talk to us about, of course, the adversity you went through and how you overcame that well try not to bore everyone with the i was born back in 1970 no Um, no, but i I grew up in minneapolis the suburbs uh a really great midwestern upbringing but very different uh than most midwesterners because my dad produced all the rock concerts that came through town so i really had an early education in celebrity interaction um how to not only how to behave in situations where um, there might be some menacing things going on or, or some, you know, how to act around people uh, that are used to having fans be crazy over them and be able to sort of keep your composure. Uh, But also the, the ins and outs of these people are fabulous and, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of fans are flocking to the arena to see, you know, Cindy Law. I mean, this is the '80s, so forgive me. But Cindy Lauper and Rick Springfield and Michael Jackson and Prince and you know, all the Madonna, all these amazing acts. You too. Um, my my 16th birthday or my 18th birthday party was at a Paul Abdul concert and backstage with cake and ice cream after the show. But realizing that they're just they're just people. They're people who have an incredible talent that other people flock to, and they are able to be lucky enough to showcase that talent. But at the end of the day. 
They put their pants on the same way we do. They are human beings. And I think that that childhood uh, between that and then the creative creativity of the fantastical life of the Renaissance, because my parents created one of the country's first Renaissance fairs, which still uh, they run today. My mom and sister run today. We lost my dad very sadly. Um, and it's called King Richard's Fair, and it's in Massachusetts. And so I grew up in this duality of rock concerts and royalty with the Renaissance. Um, and, but it allowed me to understand that people, people, if you can find two things, first, if you can find your bliss and do that as a job, wow, are you lucky to live a life like that? And that, secondly, no matter what, sorry, go ahead. So, true. so I just wanted to say that is so 100% true because I'm guessing if I were to put a percentage on it, that 98% of people do not work in their bliss. Unfortunately, they, I, I don't, I, I really, and I, I hope I'm wrong about that percentage, but that's just my guess. I don't know. You tell me, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I don't think most people enjoy what they do. I love what I do. I'm lucky to love what I do, but I don't know that that's the case for everybody. Right. hundred percent. So you really just growing up now um, with this gave me, uh, I think a, it was sort of a no brainer really going into entertainment news and wanting to uh, feel, you know, interview celebrities, but I felt very comfortable around them. And so I was really never in awe. There were always, you know, out of the hundreds and hundreds of celebrities I've interviewed, there, there've always been a couple who have left me totally starstruck or fangirling. Um, but, but for the most part, you know, I just sit down and have a conversation with them. So, um, so anyway, so, you know, really I went to Northwestern university journalism school, came out to LA and pounded the pavement for six years while I worked three day jobs to, uh, keep myself afloat. And, you know, the overnight success type thing never really happens. Um, but six years is pretty, pretty quick still just, you know, even so. And, uh, and then sort of took things, things took off from there when I, um, I got my first, real job uh, as the host of The Next Joe Millionaire, which was a, well, I had a couple of other little hosting jobs before that, but then it was my first net network show aired on Fox. And I was a host of that. And that led to my first entertainment news job at Extra. And I worked at literally every entertainment news show uh, that's a national entertainment news show from Extra to E! News to the insider and many, many years at entertainment tonight. Um, and now actually back at, the, at X drive, but I, on a sad note, I've been at the crash site for the Kobe story. Um, I was working, working that story for extra and, uh, it's, you know, a heart, a heartbreaking story to have to cover, uh, to thrust me back sort of into this, this world. Um, but, <sighs> but, um, I don't really want to go further into that right now, but, but, but that sort of, full circle of my very first entertainment news job being extra and now being back over there, uh, doing work with them. Um, and you know, that's, that's pretty much my, my circle, my, my full circle moment. Yeah. So there, uh, well, you kind of missed the cancer survivor part. Oh, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a big deal. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, lost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, uh, lost right over that. Woo, woo, right by, right by. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, really, that is, that's the really, you know, the important uh, part of, of life is, is focusing on the positive, right? Focusing on all the good stuff um, that is. And I'm, I'm, you know, more than five years out uh, from my cancer diagnosis. At 40, I was blindsided by a breast cancer diagnosis, no hereditary link, um, ate healthfully, worked out regularly, was the healthiest one, uh, anointed by my friends. And then bam, you know, three and six year old kids at home with my husband and, and a family I wanted to see grow up. Um, so it was, it was the bigger story of that. And people can go to my website and, and see the full, the full story, but the importance and the lesson I want to share with people is to know your body and to listen to your gut. Um, I found a lump 11 days after a clear mammogram. I saw three doctors over the course of the next few months 
the first two of which told me it was nothing, which finally led me to the third who also didn't think it was anything, but at least she was a specialist in oncology and did a battery of tests, had a lump removed, still didn't think the lump was cancerous, but they took it out just in case. Woke up from the surgery. They said it wasn't cancer, but then when the final pathology came back, it was not only cancer, it was invasive breast cancer. We eventually found that it went to a lymph node. I had a double mastectomy. I had another surgery, three, three surgeries and recoveries over the course of, uh, of a year um, back in 2014. And uh, it really woke me up. It woke me up in a way, Corey, that I didn't realize I needed to be shaken awake to. And that was taking control of your health. Because I had no hereditary link. Only 5 to 10% of breast cancers are hereditary. I'm an ambassador for Susan G. Komen, the Can- Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, and the work that they do is tremendous in terms of education and access to care, uh, lobbying Congress to make sure that we have the parameters set up to make sure everyone is taken care of the way they need to be taken care of. Um, and inc- of course, incredible research. Uh, so I'm glad that I listened to my gut finally. It was a four-month window, but it was still relatively fast in the grand scheme of things. Um, and, you know, Corey, listening to your gut and, and knowing your body were the two biggest things I took away from this, but also delving into, because I was so blindsided by this breast cancer diagnosis, delving into the why. Why are one in eight women diagnosed with invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime, right? We have better science and technology and more good food available to us. And they, why, why are we all being diagnosed? Well, the research I did, uh, and, and there's lots of it out there, but it's in lots of different pieces. But what I came to find piecing it all together is that it's what you put in, on, and around your body that affects your overall well-being and can lead to chronic diseases. We're talking about cancers, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, but they are things that aren't a given, right? You might say, oh, well, you know, sure, I've got, I've got heart disease in my family. I'm destined to get it. I'll probably get it too. No, no. We control our destiny, not our genes. No, you're absolutely correct on that for sure. I, I didn't know which way you were going, but yeah, now you're speaking my language for sure. I 100% agree. So I need you to expand. I apologize for interrupting. I need you to expand on the, what we put in, what we put around and what we put on specifics uh, on our, our bodies, because I think that is important. And maybe that's where you were going. I'm not sure, but I want you to go there. Yes, absolutely. Corey. Well, because there wasn't, like I said, in the research, I had to find piece it together. There was information, all there's tons copious amounts of information out there, but it is either in the form of studies that are hard to decipher for yourself or really thick uh, textbook-like book, you know, nonfiction books out there. So I wanted to have one comprehensive action plan that people could pick up that was easy to read, fun to read, uh, colorful. And I wrote the book called Your Healthiest Healthy. The subtitle of that is eight easy ways to take control, help prevent and avoid cancer and live a longer, happier, cleaner life. And that's what I'm doing now. I, yes, I'm back at extra and yes, I'm still a TV host and working in that world, but I'm also actually now also a health coach and I work with individuals um, in small groups, um, either through my online webinar that I offer or through my wellness retreats that happen a couple of times a year to make sure that we all can ideally avoid or prevent chronic diseases. Um, And if we are those who are survivors like me, like I, there we go, proper journalism. Um, (laughs) It's just not very conversational when you have to say like I, even though that's technically the, anyway, sorry, the the journalism major in me is always picking at myself. Uh, so, but the point is that even if you are a survivor, you can take control. So you asked in, on, and around your body, what am I talking about? That's where you want to go? Yes, absolutely. But I want to throw in there really quick. I don't know if you knew this, but I, you know, I was a trainer for 10 years and then sold my training business, 
to open a hormone replacement clinic. So I've been, I, I've been in and around the health and wellness industry for quite some time. So um, I, I just thought I would tell you, I don't even know if you knew that actually. No, no, that I did not know. Yeah. So um, yes, I want, yeah, I would like for you to expand on that because I think this is absolutely important. It is, it is. So, uh, so, you know, and I, whether it's in the book or the webinars or the retreats uh, or talking to my friends on a hike, I'm always talking about what, how we need to eat, what we need to do to move our body, how we need to change up our personal care products, what we need to do about the toxic relationships that plague us. Mm. How to build resiliency, which is the key to not only a survivor's mindset, but to longevity and how to make sure that we reinforce a positive support squad. And those are all the things that are in these, within these eight steps. And so nutrition, for example, I'm going to just make, give you a one sentence that's going to blanket it, but it's really, there's so much more to it. But the easiest way to say it is really transitioning to a plant-based whole foods diet, oh. minimizing animal products for longevity. And there is study after study after study. And I'm not, look, I'm from Minnesota. I ate every part of the cow growing up. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying you have to give up your meat completely. If you, if you're going to, I'm not here to say you, you must, this is what you have to do. We are all individuals in a way so that is so important that we need to listen to what is right for us. But what I try to provide through my health coaching is the, uh, the information and then give you the tools that you need to apply to your own life and say, okay, I hear you, Samantha. I, I get it. I'm right now. When I look at my dinner plate, I have a huge breast of chicken and I thought I was doing a good job because I had the breast and not the, the, the dark meat when I didn't have a steak. So I had my, my breast of chicken. It's huge. I got, you know, 10, 10 ounce, 12 ounce piece of chicken. And then I have, uh, you know, some of my white rice on the side there. And, oh, I have a little side salad too. And, uh, oh, I have, and I have a baked potato. Okay. okay. With ranch on the side salad. With, with ranch and maybe a little cheese, right? Right. Um, so, okay. I get it. Let's sugar, just, let's just sugar, take, sugar, sugar, <laughs> well, you've sugar. got, you've got, you've got the meat. You've, you have the, the, you know, you've got the, the animal, the animal protein. You have the, the white rice, which like you just said, sugar, it just turns right to sugar in your body. Not, does nothing good for you. Right. We want to nourish ourselves, ourselves on a cellular level. Uh, look at the baked potato, white baked potato. Also a lot of sugar, not doing much for you. Side salad, good job, as long as that thick ranch isn't dousing it. But if, but I will say, it's about small, manageable steps. So if that ranch is allowing you to get the salad and the lettuce like, into your body, my kids, Caesar salad is the gateway. It's the gateway vegetable, the gateway to salad. Yeah, I, I, I let get them that. Have it. You know, I, 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 now they've just finally crossed over and they're like, Oh mom, your balsamic vinaigrette's pretty good. I like that actually. So like, all right, we're, we're making progress. It's taken a year, but it's getting there. So here's what we do. We reimagine our plate. We flip our plate. And what I mean by that is instead of animal protein, meat being the, the star of the show, you flip your plate so that veggies fill half, at least half your plate. At every meal, that means breakfast, lunch, dinner. So breakfast for me, that the change is, is slow. I'm not saying it has to be every morning. I have a smoothie every day. I crave it when I don't have it. It has a ton of greens in it. We're talking spinach, kale, sometimes chard, sometimes collard greens. Throw throw it in there. Um, but but really, at least starting with lunch and dinner, filling that place with plate with veggies, and and there's. So many reasons for that I can I can go into and we could talk for hours. So I, I anyone of your listeners who are interested in more, please do. I'm really receptive. If you reach out to me on Instagram, um, I will. If you DM me for more info, I'll try to get back to you. But there's all the links for my my webinars, my um, retreats. If you're interested in personal, private, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, uh, there's you know there's also opportunity for that. But the point is, Corey, is when you fill your body with 
the nutritious things that it truly needs and it craves, and you might not be listening quietly enough to know that it's craving all of that, it gets the nutrients it wants, it gets the nutrients it needs, and it crowds out the things that are non-foods. We're talking about the chips and the fries. I love my fries. I have them, but it's like an 80-20 rule here. Um, you know, it, it's when you're filling your gut with the things that truly fill it up, which the veggies because of the fiber, the fruits because of the fiber do, it's not going to leave room for you to say, ah, oh, yeah, I, I really need that entire package of Doritos today. Right, 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 right. And filling it up with, this is the thing too. So just to add to uh, what you're saying, you know, you got to choose the right, you know, uh, to, to make it a little bit more complex because, and I'm going to do that because it's important, but choosing the right vegetables. So, you know, having, uh, you know, a quarter of your plate corn, a quarter of your plate uh, with that, like she said, white rice, and then even a quarter of your plate with, uh, if you want to go healthy, sweet potato fries, you're still, that is still not, that's a recipe for disaster. There's probably 200 carbohydrates in all of that, all of that. And by the way, carbohydrates, for those of you that don't know, which surely to God, by listening to me by now, you would know this, that that turns to sugar and empty calories. And it's literally does nothing for you. In fact, a lot of it stays in your, well, that's more meat, but let's circle back to the meat thing. Tell me why you say, uh, you're, tell me what your rule is with meat and what kind of meat you eat or do you eat meat? And if you don't, what do you sub it with? This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, Housecall Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. A great question. And I was a huge meat eater. First, a huge red meat and poultry and fish, every every animal. When I say meat, I, I instinctively, I think red meat. But what I truly mean by meat is any animal product, including, including fish. Um, so, but growing up, I ate so much of it. When I moved out to California after college, I ate, I really had lost a taste for red meat just on its own. I didn't mean to, it just wasn't interested. Um, so, but I ate, I was very interested in looking as buff and cut as I could. And so to look muscular, I thought, oh, well, I better eat a lot of animal protein. So <laughs> that meant chicken breasts and turkey breasts and you know, sometimes some fish. And I probably out of 14 lunches and dinners a week, right? You think of seven days a week, two, two lunches and dinners a day. So you're looking at 14 meals. Out of those 14 meals, I definitely had some sort of meat at every meal. Sometimes that might be on a weekend, a big omelet. So I, I won't think of that really as meat, but it still is animal protein. So animal protein. But I definitely had at least nine or 10 of those meals as, as these, you know, chicken breast or turkey breast. Sure. So there's, there's a study that was done called the China study. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this study or read the book called the China study. Um, but for your listeners, it is, it was a study that was done in conjunction between Cornell university in the U S Oxford university in England and a very prestigious university in China. And what they did is there were, um, I, I, I want to say maybe 73 villages. I might be off on the number of villages, but a, a good amount of villages that were very isolated on mainland China where the people were born, grew up, and died all within those villages without ever leaving. Mm, so what they were okay. able to do, because it's really hard to find uh, a any culture that hasn't been uh, basically inundated with others from other, you know, that hasn't either been... Uh, experienced other areas or traveled somewhat. I mean, yes, maybe there are people even in the U.S. who haven't gone too far out of their town or left their state, but they're still um, they're 
they're influenced by other areas. So anyway, these were very isolated areas. I'm getting into the weeds. Um, like I said, could talk about this forever. But the point is that they found a direct relationship, a direct correlation between the amount of animal protein consumption and cancer. So the more animal meat you ate, the more cancer instances there, there were, or you, the big, better chance you had of getting cancer in your lifetime. And so that was pretty eye-opening for me. And there have been many other studies that have been done since then. Um, so, and then the China study, the book itself talks about the fact that we all have cancer within our bodies, cancer genes that we can either turn off or turn on. True. And so the triggers are from the outside, right? The right. environment we live in. So look, I live in smoggy LA. I'm not leaving anytime soon. Okay, I can't control the air I'm breathing, but I can control what I'm eating. I also can control, and this is going to transition to the next idea, what I put on my body. So I'm talking about my lotions, my makeup, my hair products. Um, yeah. As Go ahead. Because correct me if I'm wrong, there are actually, I've watched a show and I can't remember the name of it. You, I'm sure, I'm sure you know the name of it when I say this, but the show was, was talking about all of the, uh, the makeup products that were fake coming over from China and the damage that it was, that it's, that is currently doing to people's face, their lips, their there, uh, whatever. I mean, like this stuff's really bad stuff. Well, I mean, let me just, yes. Yeah, so let me just stop you there for a second. Cause you, you just mentioned something that I want to make sure we don't kind of take a left turn that might be down a path that isn't so true. So okay. just, you, you said all this stuff coming over from China that is causing this damage. This has nothing to do with China. I'm talking about Revlon, L'Oreal, Maybelline. I'm talking about every big corporation here in the U S as well as others around the world that use ingredients that are carcinogenic endocrine disruptors, harmful ingredients that maybe if we use just one of those products on a daily basis and no other products at all, okay, maybe, maybe we, the, we be, there wouldn't be any issue, no triggers to turn on those cancer genes inside of us or what. However, on average, the average American woman uses about 12 personal care products a day, which tend to contain about 168 different ingredients. Good God. Each one? About, no, a total. 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 Okay. Total. Okay. Because a lot of the ingredients overlap, right? You might have, um, you know, propylene glycol in one, in, in you know, your lotion, but the propylene glycol also happens to be in your shampoo and then the propylene glycol, right? So, so out of the 12 products, you take each, so about 160 different ingredients total. And they're putting it on their skin or in their hair, or on their face, layer after layer after layer. Our skin is our biggest organ. It's absorbing all of that. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm not trying to scare people. Let me just step back for a second because I'm so passionate. And I, no, you should go, 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 go. But I, but I think it's important. I'm not, I, I want people to know that you need to be aware. You need to be an aware consumer who is an empowered consumer and not take the advertising and marketing people who slap labels on things that says organic or, you know, you know, take the food industry. You walk down the cereal aisle, fruit loops might say boosts immunity or heart healthy. Okay. We clearly know that's not true, but yet they put it there. So we have to know that we need to turn around the boxes and the cans and the packages in our grocery store and the, the products that we're at, you know, whether it's at the drugstore beauty aisle or the department store and read the labels, read the ingredient labels and understand what those ingredients are, what they are potentially doing to your body and then make the choice. Like I, I still die. I, uh, okay. Spoiler alert. I still dye my hair. <laughs> I still, I still color my grade. Um, I would love to find a clean product that doesn't have formaldehyde or some of the other, and they actually, they do have some of those. They're still not a clean enough ingredient that works the way I need it to work. Right. The way I need it to last and doesn't have those chemicals. But again, sort of that either 80, 20, or even a 90, 10 rule with food 
same thing comes with your beauty products or your personal care products for you men, right? It's about choosing. So where do do you know? So there's, this is a thing, Samantha, there's so much shit out there, right? That it's, you know, it's, it's, it's overload. And, and for me, you know, if you're listing off some of these things and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I turned it around, which I do for food, but I don't, you know, I don't wear makeup. So that's not an issue. Um, but if I did, I don't know that I would even look at the ingredients on the makeup. I'd probably just look at the color and see if it looked good on me. And that's what I would decide on. So is there a place where I could go and, and really, really, really be able to trust this place to tell, like meaning this place, wherever it is on the internet, wherever, is there a website or something where we could go to figure out what is good and bad? There are, thankfully, there are lots, there are lots. Um, I, I push, well, my book has lists of the, a keep off your bod list, which lists okay. some of the most harmful ingredients and why and what they do for the product and why you need to keep them off your body. Um, I also list different makeup lines that are clean, nail polish lines, deodorants uh, that you can use uh, because you know there's aluminum and a lot of deodorant and that's, that's a, a heavy metal that can cause some issues. A lot of breast cancer survivors think that it caused the breast cancer. So that was one of my, that was my very first switch. That was my entree into this world of clean beauty and personal care. Um, but there are really great resources and I, I list a lot. I also actually, if you go to my Instagram, which is at Samantha Harris TV, uh, a lot, some of my posts also have this information with the links because there's so many, I don't want to take up all the time on the show because we have so many other things to talk about, but those resources are out there and I'm always happy to, to help share that with everybody. That's so, okay. So in, in, and as you, uh, kind of, as you started explaining about the bigger companies and them also being responsible for putting uh, ingredients in their products. You're right. Now that I, you know, thinking back at the show, and again, I don't even remember the name of it, but the show did talk. You're right. They did talk about that because it highlighted there's a company actually out in California that does, I guess it's, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's all natural, whatever. Um, and they do lip lipstick makeup and they they do it all in california like the factories there it's a it's a couple a a man and a lady that own the business gosh i can't remember the name of it but you're right they did talk about big businesses putting all these crazy things in there and what i was referring to is it's really taking it a step further is that that when you're buying stuff online Make sure that you're buying it from somebody reputable. Even if you are buying it at a reputable place, you still may have these ingredients. I'm not saying that, but the show was talking about going and buying it from somewhere like, you know, somewhere in China and it being something where it, I think it, what it did was it stuck this girl's lips together. It's what it did. Like literally like super glue. Her wow. Lips. That's exciting. It was unreal. I mean, you know, she's lucky lips are not torn off to be honest with you. And and I think they probably were to an extent uh, after the fact. And that's what I, that's actually what I was referring to, but I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, the larger companies, you know, when, you know, I guess money uh, controls all of this, obviously, just like, yeah. just like the food industry. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. The food and drug administration is, uh, is controlled by, companies yep a hundred percent i mean it's yeah it's always about the bottom dollar Mm -hmm. uh the unfortunately our own government is swayed by the lobbyists and the big corporations that uh you also help fund their own their campaigns or who would they're they're testing too so 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 that's why look there there is something called the personal Products Care Safety Act that has been, so our, our FDA standards haven't been updated since 1938. Oh my. And there is a bill that's been stuck in Congress, the Personal Care Product Safety Act, since been stuck in Congress since, since 2015 
to update the practices to say that there needs to be more oversight for these companies because these companies have no problems putting in ingredients that over time could harm us because they'll have their own, those companies will have their own scientists come in and say, oh, well, that, that, well that's not harmful at all. It's well, fine. Well, so that's what I meant by their own testing. It's exactly, that is exactly what I meant. Like the third, third party testing, quote, air quotes, like the third party testing is owned by the damn companies. Right. Exactly. Yep. That's it. So, so, you know, through, uh, changes and again, small, small steps, easy changes that really make a huge impact in your life. Um, so when it comes to your food, simple, easy step, go through your pantry and your fridge, turn around the packaging, see if there's high fructose corn syrup in anything that you have. And you might be surprised because you think of things, the corn syrup must be, that might, it might have to be something in something that's sweet, a candy. Well, unfortunately, because corn is a subs, subsidized by the government and <laughs> therefore it is a very cheap form of sugar, it is in our pasta sauce, our ketchups, our breads, uh, numerous things that are in the pantry. So the easiest first thing to do, because you won't notice the difference when you swap it out for a product that doesn't have high fructose corn syrup, Believe me, Heinz makes the regular with the high fructose corn syrup. It makes the non-high fructose corn syrup, and it makes the organic, which of course doesn't have high fructose corn syrup, and is definitely the way to go since tomatoes have a lot of pesticides. So the corporations get it, and they know that there's an audience for it. So that's step one for nutrition, easy, small step. When it comes to your beauty products, for the ladies listening, just start with your foundation for your makeup. Your skin is your largest organ. Obviously, you're absorbing that that foundation all day long. Switch to a clean switch to a clean foundation that will make sure that you're setting at least a base and a, a pseudo barrier to all the other stuff you might be layering on through the day. Maybe switch your your deodorant to non to a non aluminum based deodorant. Um, so again, yeah, go ahead. Let me let me just interrupt really quick. So a fun fact. Um, Back, so let me just go back for a moment for the food portion. Uh, believe it or not, that cucumber, you know how cucumbers are waxy and they have that shine? Yeah. That's corn. Did you know that? That is a layer of corn on your fresh cucumber at the store. Uh, and, and then the question is, where is the source of that? Well, it's, I mean, it. You, well, listen, the reason, you, well, we all know the reason. Well, I don't know if we all know it, but the reason that corn is in everything is because, like you said, it's subsidized by the government. When at one point the government told the corn farmers, stop producing corn. In fact, we're going to pay you to stop producing corn. And I can't remember the reason why. And then they figured out, oh, wait, 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 wait. We can use this for everything so then they subsidize the farmer yeah then they subsidize the farmer to start growing corn again and that's facts it's very sad it's 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 a frightening it's a frightening thing really um so now by the way for the cucumber lovers out there i love cucumber switch to persian cucumbers organic persian they don't have that waxy layer they're much more flavorful and you eat the skin which gives you more fiber and nutrients so right i drink cucumber water that's why i think that's why i know that fact is because i drink cucumber water every i mean that's actually all i drink literally all i drink is cucumber water. well good that, for you it's a good thing and, and you probably drink more water because of the flavor, and that also gives you more hydration, which we definitely need. Well, and it's good for your skin. So yeah, and it's good for everything. All right, so so small step there, high fructose corn syrup. Bye bye. Second step for your beauty, changing up the foundation for you ladies. Maybe the deodorant for you men and women. Um, all right, let's talk now. We talked about what's you know in your body, um, on your body. Now let's talk about what's around your body. Okay. What we know. We all have read the studies that talk about stress, the high cortisol levels, how that reduces our longevity and our life expectancy. Well, what's causing that stress in our life? Oftentimes it's your job. Maybe it's arguments with a good friend or a spouse. But sometimes and oftentimes if we really evaluate, it could be a toxic friendship or even a toxic 
acquaintanceship. For instance, um, and I'm sorry, I keep re- re- going back to the, the, the ladies sort of example, but it's that, that mom at school who you're not really friends with, but you see her in passing and you always chit chat for a little bit. And every time, for whatever reason, you leave that conversation and your shoulders are at your ears and you just feel anxious. You feel frustrated or you feel annoyed or you feel like, I can't, I can't keep up with her or I, she's doing all these things. How, why am I not doing those in my life? Whatever it is, that's toxicity. Sure. So how do you, or, and then it could be, you know, your, your friend who you've been friends with for 10 years, who just every time you're with her, she one ups you or it she could never, be your own mother. It, and, and unfortunately that's one I don't want to suggest we break up with, but I do want to suggest that you start to put on boundaries. Absolutely. And, and that's something we can all, for, for whatever relationship it is in our life, lives, to be able to allow yourself to put those boundaries up. And we all need to work on that. I, I, I do too. Um, but so, so in the Your Healthiest Healthy book of mine, I actually break down how to assess for yourself who might be a toxic relationship then once you've, you've figured that out, how to have a conversation with that person. And I do a lot of scripted self-talk and also some scripted talk within the book, whether it's scripted talk and how to talk to a child based on their age about a diagnosis or a health crisis. Um, I'm really proud of that section of the book, whether it's talk, self-talk, how to build positivity, And that's the next thing I'll talk about. Um, And then also in this situation with toxic relationships, how to have that that really hard conversation with someone who may have been very dear to you about the the, the toxicity that they might not realize they're causing. And and oftentimes that conversation is not going to go how you were hoping, which would be, hey, so look, every time we talk, I feel like this. And can we change it? And that person will go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. No. Oftentimes it's like, what? Are you serious? Really? It's not. I don't do that. Yeah. And and it's, you know, the person goes into the defense mechanism, uh, defense mode, but, but then how do you deal with that? How do you mitigate to, to minimize the shrapnel that might fly? Then the next part of that is how do you reinforce a positive support network around you? Like-minded people who are going to support your health, your health journey, who aren't going to shame you. I I have to tell you, I have been health shamed so many times by people, whether it's again, moms at school, sometimes my own family, even my, even my, she just turned nine, but even when she was eight, my then eight year old who would mock me for my level of health. Oh, mom, you're so healthy. Oh, you probably won't let me have that because it's not healthy, right? So sometimes it's even within close proximity to you. So how do you surround yourself or change the dialogue of those surrounding you who you need to surround you for for a positive spin? So I really do address that and talk about that a lot in in the webinars as well. Um, And then how do you build resiliency? Because resiliency is the key to a survivor's mindset. Resiliency is the key to success in your career. Resiliency is the, is the key to success and longevity in your lifetime of relationships and well-being. And so it's, it's really uh, you know, giving you the tools to handle all of that. And um, I'm so glad. I know our time is coming to an end, but I'm so glad that we've been able to talk about all these things, Corey. And I appreciate you giving me the platform to be able to talk to your listeners. Absolutely. You know, and I just want to say, I'm so glad that you brought up the toxic relationships and the toxic people, because I believe in the, from the bottom of my heart that you need to surround yourself with the people that are like you, uh, provided you're not one of those toxic people. Um, but having people around you that are toxic can literally kill you. I mean, over time, the stress and the anxiety and all those things that you feel when you're around that person, like she reflects, Samantha referred to at school, the more you're around that person, the more you're going to lessen how you view yourself. Am I right? A hundred percent. 
So, you know, you they say it, the cliche is you are the five people that you hang around. Guess what, folks? That's true. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely true. So, Samantha, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I really, really appreciate it. You are fantastic. It's been such a pleasure. And I thank you. Uh, tell us again where we can find you on social. Absolutely. And yes. Yeah. So again, I, I really love to be able to interact with you guys. So please throw me questions and follow me on Facebook at Samantha Harris TV. It is definitely where I am the most active. Okay. All right. Fantastic. And then it's the same handle on IG as well, correct? Um, so that's my yeah, Instagram and Facebook are both at Samantha Harris TV. Perfect. And Twitter, Twitter's at Samantha Harris. But and, the name, and the name of your book again? Your Healthiest Healthy. All right, folks, you've heard what the book's about. I mean, this pretty much encompasses everything that you need to know about the modern day uh, healthy. I've never heard of a book that, that talks about all four of those things. I or actually you said eight, but four that really stick out in my mind. So thank you, Samantha. That's fantastic. And the listeners absolutely need to go purchase that book. And I'm sure you can find it on Amazon, correct? Or or where where would you like? No, everywhere books are sold. And, uh, And honestly, if you Google it, you could probably find it for cheaper than on Amazon. Boom. There you go. So, all right, Samantha, thank you so much. You have a fantastic day and we'll talk soon. That sounds brilliant. I look forward to it. Thank you again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.